Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Praise the Lord. Well, everyone, man. Oh. I'm just looking at some of your comments. I'm encouraged. Oh. <laughs> I'm so wrecked right now. Oh, let me just thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There's a confidence, you guys. There's a confidence that comes in a surrender to His power and His presence. Listen, we can move forward. You you see a lot of confidence sometimes. Um, You see a lot of confidence all around you on Instagram and on Facebook, and you see confident people. And and I want you to know, like, there's a confidence that comes from uh, from. from the surrender to his abilities and his power. And um, actually, I think I'm going to stand. And um, man, this, this confidence that comes from his presence is, is uh, it's intoxicating. I tell you when, you, when you rest in his confidence and his ability, when you just say, God, I don't, I don't have the answers. You know, there's, a, there's just a power in that that, that lasts it lasts longer than a, than a moment, than an encounter. And I, I promise you, it le- keep seeking the deeper things of, of God. Keep going after His, uh, His confidence in you. Whew. Jesus. Um, yeah. Let me... <laughs> I'm just so wrecked. I don't even know. What do you? I, I wish I could just reach into the camera and see how you guys are encountering God right now. That's probably the hardest thing for me, is to is to preach and not knowing, um, what you guys are grabbing a hold of. And and um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I, I think up here with with uh, Tiffany and Stephen and Victoria, like we're just I'm wrecked up here, and I've been wrecked all morning just in the Word and just thinking about what God wants to share. And, um. And I'll, and I'll just be real with you guys. I had a different message planned this morning. Um, completely different message. And uh, I, it may weave a little into that just because it's been on my heart this week. But, uh, but I've, I felt strongly to bring a little bit of a different message this morning. Um, I, I, we've been in this identity series. And I, I actually, I, I love. <laughs> I, I, was, I was hanging out with a good friend of mine, a really man of wisdom. And and uh, he was saying how amazing it is to be in this series of, um, of identity in the time when we might have needed it the most. In the time when, uh, you know, when everything starts shaking, that's when you actually, <laughs> that's when you find out what your identity is made out of. It's not when the economy is booming and everything is going right and, uh, and the job is, is on fire and everything's perfect and you have more than enough in other areas. That's not when your identity is tested. It's actually when things start to shake is when your identity begins to be tested. And so I think it's beautiful that we've been going after this identity thing. And, and I, hope, I hope it's blessed every, all, all of you. Um, I hope it's gotten deep into the marrow of your bones. 
I hope it's just, it's just made it uh, such an impact in your hearts. These aren't messages that we're preaching these past few months. These are building blocks and foundations to who you are. Um, and in that, I, I just, I can't also get away from that. I want to, I want to share, I want to share a little bit about the, the, the season that we're in, that I really believe God is doing in this time right now. I, and I, and I want to pray before I go in this. Father, I can't help sometimes feel like Paul or lots of different characters in the Bible sometimes, but I, I, I identify with Paul at times in this place I've been reading that he, he literally comes with such a frailty and such a weakness, even just not complaining, but communicating about this, even this thorn in his side, the persecution, the people coming against him, the battle that he's in the midst of. And yet he still moves forward. He pushes on. And Father, I, I um, gosh, I wouldn't begin to complain, God, for I have you. I have all of you, God. But Father, like Paul, I just say, Lord, would you strengthen us, God, from our innermost being? Would you, would you speak through my words? Would your Holy Spirit bring the power um, that it needs to? God, I pray that even our prayers, God, they would create power, that would create something from nothing, that there'd be a healing, God, there'd be healing from anxiety, there'd be a healing of, 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 of poverty of, of, of soul right now, but even, Lord, that there would be an unction, God, that the power is just as much for empowering as it is for healing, God, and so, Father, I pray that your spirit, your Holy Spirit, would empower your body today, God, with these words, would you mark us, God, would you mark us? That there's no face mask, God, created that could keep your glory from coming out of us, God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. I want to talk a little bit about, uh, about what, I, what I've just, I really feel we're, we're called to, to kind of call attention to. You know, I was, um, I want to start with this thought. Um, I, I remember um, this idea that there's, there's, we, we, we live in this realm. We live in Orange County. We live, um, we live in, a, in, a, in a time, gosh, what a crazy time this is right now. It's amazing. Like, I have never been in the middle of something where there's such, you know, there's such a, a push in different directions, you know, especially if you're in Orange County, which you are if you're watching most likely. We have the governor of the state, <laughs> the governor, <laughs> calling for, for one thing, for all of the beaches um, to be closed down. And then you have the mayor of, of Newport Beach going on Fox News um, saying, we're not going to shut it down. There's this really, there's a very realness to, um, to what's right and what's wrong, to what we're fighting for. There was a, there was a, a very unified march um, on freedom, um, on, uh, on, our, on, our, on our freedoms. And there was a group in, uh, I think, uh, in, in Huntington Beach. But there was, I think it was three or four other places at the exact same time. So there's a very real sense that there is a, I guess it's a battle um, going on. But what I felt the Lord called to my heart is that it's not a battle against flesh and blood. It's that we've been given weapons of warfare not to battle against mayors and governors and presidents and and, and officials, but we've been given weapons of warfare to battle against the powers and the principalities. And that we have to remember that as we get stirred up, 
And I tell you, I get stirred up, man. I'm, my wife, she, she's a, she is a truth bringer. She's a truth teller. And when you get her going, man, she gets, she gets fired up. And man, I just honor that in her. I honor the people around me that get stirred up because it, it reminds me that there is a fire in me that, that longs to be stirred up for truth. And I can feel truth fighting in the atmosphere. It's fighting not just, not just amongst each other and amongst news channels, but there's a real battle of, of fighting for truth. And not just truth, but freedom and freedom. And what is freedom but love? There's a, there's a battle for love right now. There's a battle for the freedom that love brings. You know, this whole epidemic crisis thing got started, and I've never heard the word fear said so many times. And man, what does fear do? It casts out love. Because we know that perfect love casts out fear. And fear, fear, love cannot happen when fear is lifted high. And so it literally casts out love. Not that love can't be present with fear. But I really believe that you won't pay attention to love when fear is raised up. And so there's nothing more important in this hour than raising up and fighting for love. And love is freedom. Love is choices. Love is is the ability to the ability to love one another, to be patient and kind, uh, to be slow to anger, quick to love, compassionate. There is such a, a there's such a war on love right now, and I'm going to talk about that battle today. And just uh, I want to bring a little bit of heaven heaven to earth. I um, I want to bring this idea that we have um, we have a um, a place in heaven that we live from, that we don't live and battle from this place that we're standing. I know we're standing on ground, but Jesus paid a price to pull you out of this world. There's a great movie. I, I haven't seen it in a while, but I was reminded of it. Uh, the movie The Matrix, Keanu Reeves and uh, a bunch of other great actors. I can't remember all their names, but he plays the he plays a, a Neo and Neo is, uh, the whole thing is, it's, it's, a, it's this, I say ridiculous, it's just an amazing picture of two kingdoms, two worlds. You have, the, you have the natural world and you have the fake world. And for all these people in the matrix, these are people in the matrix, in, in this, this uh, made up world, uh, made up by machines, um, that are living in this alter world. It's, it's like it's all a facade. It's a holograph to them, but they don't know. They're just living in it. And it's all really happy and peaceable or whatever. And there's a small group of people that have figured out that this is not real and that their world is actually more real. And there's, um, it's just a beautiful picture of, being, of the two worlds that we live in. Um, you know, and, and so the, the beauty of this is that... <laughs> You know, there's, there's Morpheus, who's like the guide. He's like the one that, that, that is, he, he, he meets Neo. Neo is trapped in the world, in this, this holographic world. And, and Morpheus says, starts telling him, are you ready to have your eyes opened to what's real? And, and he gives them these two pills. I think it's a red and a blue pill. And he, and he says, and he gives them an option to, be in, to go after um, the truth or to stay in this place of deception. And, um, and Neo picks the real, um, he, tricks, he picks the truth. 
and it takes him into the new world where he realizes that because his world, the real world, is more real than the fake world, they actually have authority over it. And, and it's wild because most of you guys know this movie. If you don't, go watch it. And there's no spoilers here. It's been out for ages. And <laughs> but it's, it's such a good picture. It's such a great picture. Listen, you guys, you got to understand this. This was such a pivotal movie. Now, I went to the University of Washington up in Seattle, grew up there. Um, I moved away after college. But listen, the University of Washington actually started, a, uh, I think it's a philosophy course, an entry-level philosophy course called The Matrix, the philosophy of The Matrix or something like that. But I know, I just looked it up in the news just to remind that make sure it was real. And we actually did that. I was there when they had this movie. They had a whole college course around it. Why? Because... Because we all know this to be true, that what we live in, there's more to it. The world is longing and desiring a taste of, of the realness of life. And, you know, although this is real, that Christ, he bought and paid for us to come into the kingdom of light. That once we were in darkness and now we've been bought and paid for and brought into the kingdom of his light. And so Neo has now been bought and paid for and he's been and he's been in this new light and he can download all this stuff, the revelation of how to fly a helicopter in a moment and all this stuff. It's just fun. And wouldn't you know it, there's a woman in the movie called Trinity that that helps him the whole way. It's like the helper, Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And the Trinity, oh my gosh. And of course, who does he fall in love with? But the Trinity. And so, oh my gosh, so it's, it's, it, it's a rabbit hole. I won't go down there too much. But I just, I love the visualization that, that Neo and Morpheus and Trinity and all this, this group of people, and there's like three or four more matrices that you can just watch. But the reality is like there's, 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 a, there's a group of people fighting for truth. There's a group of people that is fighting to set the captives free. And that's us. That's us. We're partnered with the Trinity. We're partnered with revelation that literally God has promised us to reveal the mysteries of this world. And all authority has been given to us. And Neo is actually, he's the prototype of the one to come. And, and they're all waiting for one to come that has the full authority over the matrix world. And that's us. We are the ones, the strong and mighty ones. But there's a battle. There's a battle for you and me. And you know what? The, if the devil can't keep us from getting saved, he wants to keep us from our identity. He wants to keep us from living in a place of authority. Open with your Bibles uh, to Daniel 10. Um, we're going to read. I'm reading out of the NESB today. Daniel chapter 10. Everybody just say this. If you have your Bible in front of you or your phone, say, this is my Bible. <laughs> Come on, you, can you guys repeat in the room? This is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. <laughs> just pulled all these. There's like three people in the room right now. <laughs> Jesus. Um, all right, Daniel 10. I love Daniel. Daniel was, um, was very much... Uh, he was in lockdown. Daniel was in lockdown. Make no mistake, Daniel was in lockdown. Him and his friends were, uh, were, were in captivity, and, uh, and he was in lockdown. And he, had to, and, the only, and he was basically told that he was unable 
to praise his king. He, there was no, you couldn't pray to any other king except the king of Babylon at that time. And so Daniel had to, had, had, to, had to actually make a decision. Would he go against the decree of the world or would he hold fast to the decree of his God? Would he worship another? Would he bow down to anything else or anyone else? And he said no. He resisted the word of the king at the time. And I want you to know that, that there's uh, only you can, can know when God has called you to push against something. And I just, I'll just leave that right there. Okay. Um, and so, you know, uh, picking up in Daniel 10, he, he's, he's, he's praying and he's praying for his people. And he's been praying for a while. And, and it says uh, in Daniel 10, verse 1, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel who was named um, Belteshazzar. And, and the message was true and one of great conflict, but he understood the message and had an understanding of the vision. And then he says this, he says, In those days I, Daniel, had been mourning for three entire weeks. I did not eat any tasty food, nor did, I, nor did I eat meat or wine enter my mouth, nor did I use any ointment at all until the entire three weeks were completed. On the 24th day of the first month, while I was by the bank in the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, there was a certain man dressed in linen whose waist was girded with a belt of gold and uphaz. His body was like beryl, his face with the appearance of lightning, and his eyes were like flaming torches, his arms and feet like the gleam of polished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a tumult. Now I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, while the men who were with me did not see the vision. I'm going to stop for a second here. Daniel had been praying for three weeks, and he, it was, wasn't until three weeks that he had this vision. I don't know what he had learned about in those first three weeks, but I think it's really encouraging that if you pray and you don't see anything happen, do not be dismayed. Something is happening. Just right now, to say something happens when I pray. And you know what? I love that too, that even though that he prayed all this stuff and God came to him in a vision, he spoke to him in a minute, we'll read that, the people around him didn't see it or understand it. And I, you know, do not be discouraged and don't even be looking for confirmation in the people around you. The, the, uh, the, the, the life of, of, of personal revelation, of hidden revelation is I think way more important and powerful than the revelation that you might share with everybody else. And I want to tell you that if you're getting something from the Lord that the person next to you is not, I want to encourage you. Grab a hold of it and draw it deep into your prayer life. Deep, deep into, your, into your journal. Do not be disqualified in your mind that somebody else is not going down the same path of revelation. All right, so I was left alone and saw this great vision. Yet no strength was left in me for my natural color returned to a deathly pallor and I retained no strength. But I heard the sound of his words and as soon as I heard the sound of his words, I fell into a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. Verse 10. Then behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said to me, O Daniel, man of high esteem, <laughs> understand the words that I am about to tell you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. Now, not then, now. 
And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. Whoa. Then he said to me, do not be afraid, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart on understanding this and on humbling yourself before your God, your words were heard. Listen, listen. there's a, there's a place of taking confidence in our identity, but let, let, our, let our confidence never take us out of a place of being humble before the Lord, that he is God, and that although he wants to give you keys and he wants to give you confidence, he still is, is one to be humbled before. And when you humble yourself and know that in your weaknesses, in, your, in, in who you are, he is still an amazing guide. He says, your, your words were heard and I have come in response to your words. Verse 13, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia was withstanding me for 21 days. For 21 days. See, there's a, there's a battle, there was a battle going on that Daniel did not know. It's interesting that it happened 21 days and I'm curious, it doesn't say this, but I wonder what happened when Daniel began to fast and pray. When Daniel began to pray, I wonder if there was a battle that started in that moment. I wonder if Daniel's prayers began like a march on the, on, on the enemy. I wonder that if his prayers began to create a wave of victory that was going towards. It was being held back, but it was being forward it and it took 21 days for this uh um, for this angel and it says this michael one of the chief princes came to help me <laughs> um, for i had been left there with the kings of persia and they say the kings of persia was like a big principality it was a, a major um a demonic spirit presence in that day now i have come to give you an understanding of what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision pertains to the days yet future. I'm going to keep reading. When he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face to the ground and became speechless. And behold, one who resembled a human being was touching my lips. So I, I just, I believe, I, I just got to believe this was Jesus, the man. And he touched his lips. I, then I opened my mouth and spoke and said to him who was standing before me, Oh, my Lord, as a result of the vision, anguish has come upon me and I have retained no strength. For how can such a servant of my Lord talk with such as my Lord? For me, as for me, there remains just, no, just now no strength in me, nor has there ever been left in me. Verse 18, I'm almost done. Then this one with human appearance touched me again and strengthened me. And he said, O man of high esteem, do not be afraid. Peace be with you. Take courage and be courageous. <laughs> now, as soon as he spoke to me, I received strength and said, May my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Come on. Do you, they said, do you understand why I came to you, he said. But I shall now return to fight against the prince of Persia. So I am going forth, and behold, the prince of Greece is about to come. More, uh, more uh, principalities. However, I will tell you that what is inscribed in the writing of truth, yet there is no one who stands firmly with me against these forces except my, my, Michael, your prince. He was telling him, listen, no one stands before me. I am, I am winning. I, I, 
I love this. He actually starts this thing. He says, Daniel, oh man of, what's he say? He says, uh, <laughs> he says, oh, uh, he, oh, oh, oh man of high esteem. And by the time he's done talking, Daniel's on his face, basically denying this man of esteem he's been called. And then, and then the angel touches his lips and purifies him. It touches his lips and he purifies him. That Jesus did the same thing to us. That he actually is the righteous propitiation for our sins. He is the righteous judge that, that cleansed us and called us into the same place. Then he touched me again and strengthened me. O man of high esteem, do not be afraid. And I just, I love that all throughout the Bible, it's do not be afraid, do not be afraid. It's almost like he's saying, listen, I, I need you to know who you are. I need you to know your rightful identity. See, your identity is not one of fear, right? He, in fact, he gave, he put in us the man love, wise so that it would cast out all fear. There's, um, I, I believe that there's a time right now that, um, there's a, there's a time right now where the, the hidden battle is becoming way more obvious. And um, I, in the midst of a lot of um, difficult things with people getting sick and, and a lot of our close ones dying, there is a very real sorrow in that. And I, and I, I don't take away from that, but I also recognize in the midst of, what, of where we're at, in the midst of where we're at, I also just, I feel, and I think a lot of you guys feel it, there is a, a realness to the kingdom of heaven that's being revealed right now. There is a, there's an uncovering, there's an obviousness that's coming, that the, that the prince of, this, of the air, the prince of this world is actually overplaying his hand yet again. He did, it, he did it on the cross. He way overplayed his hands on the cross with the crucifying of Jesus. I believe that if, that if, if the devil had known what the cross would have accomplished, he would not have crucified Jesus. He would not have stirred up the Pharisees um, in the way that he did. Um, and I think it's happening again. I believe that, the, that, the, that churches all over the world are recognizing that there is a true battle going on and it's an obvious one. And I believe right now we're called to rise up and fight not against flesh and blood. Isaiah 52, Isaiah 52, 1. If you want to turn there, you can. I'm just going to read a, first, a couple of verses of it. 52.1, I believe there's a call right now to awaken right now, to awaken the identity, awaken the hearts of believers all across the country right now. Isaiah 52 says, awake, awake, and clothe yourself in strength. Remember what he called? He called Daniel man of strength. He says, strengthen yourself. Uh, clothe yourself in strength, O Zion, O worshipers. It's a, he's talking to the people on Mount Zion, the, the ones that, that ascended the hill of the Lord. Clothe yourself in your beautiful Garments, your, your beautiful garments, your robes, your priestly, your royal robes. Clothe yourselves in your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For the uncircumcised and the unclean will no longer come into you. Ha! I love it. He's prophesying righteousness. Shake yourself from the dust. Rise up, O captive Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the chains around your neck, O captive daughter of Jerusalem. Listen, he's calling us, he's calling us to awaken. He's, there's, there's never been a better time for you to recognize who you are. There's never been a better time. 
there's a, there's, there's, there is a very real kingdom of heaven. Uh, you know, Jesus tells us to pray like this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We, we, we cannot walk around and do Christianity. Listen, we, we, we like to, this is how I really honestly, I, as I observe our world, me, other people around me, we do Christianity with, with God's tools on, in, in, in the world's world. Okay, it's like we walk around um, equipped with all of heaven's tools and resources and then we pray according to the world and then we walk according to the world. We see the world and we're more influenced by what the world does and, and, and says more than we are what, in, what we're influenced by um, heaven. See, we're, we're coming with heavenly tools, but yet we're more aware and present in the worldly uh, circumstances in realities. Um, it's it's <laughs> it's kind of like it's got, we have a two year old at home and he walks around with these plastic tools from a tool set and he's walking around with these plastic tools and he's expecting these plastic tools to work in the re- in, in the world that he's walking around in and I think sometimes we're the opposite we're walking around with these these heavenly ethereal just righteous tools of the king or his authority for healing signs and wonders for authority over demons for the power of our words of truth from heaven to earth we walk around with these kingly tools and yet we walk around and all we see is fisher price houses and 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 the toys of the world and we we are we're, we're literally fighting with these amazing tools, and yet we're, we're more, we think the world is more like a Fisher-Price tool set. And I, how do I, why do, why do I say that? Because we're all like, we're, we're like those, uh, those uh, uh, the disciples, um, not Jesus' disciples, but disciples that were casting demons out. And, um, and, they, and the, the apostles were like, Jesus, they're, they're casting out demons, they're healing, and, it's, and um, it's not in your name. And Jesus says, you know, whoever's not against me is for me. And so there was people um, that, that uh, and, and there's other people, I think, I think actually, you know, what I was actually thinking about is when, they, and when the, the sons of Sceva, they were doing all these things that proclaim in the name of Jesus, and, uh, and the demons would say, Paul, I know, or, uh, uh, and, and Jesus, I know, but I, who are you? And it's like they, they tried to invoke the name of Jesus with these tools, with these things that they had, and, but they weren't connected in, and with the anointed one. And I think that's how we are at times. We, we try to combat our circumstances with godly truths. But because our hearts are not actually living in the kingdom realm, they're not very effective for us. And that's frustrating as a Christian, isn't it? It's frustrating as flip to pray for something and it not happen. I know. Everyone in the room is hoping I just start cussing probably. I won't do it. I won't. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm fired up right now. There's something that we have to recognize. And we have to recognize that we don't live in this world. We, we are visitors. We are aliens in this world. And it can't be a bumper sticker. It can't be a not of this world in the back window of a pickup truck. Like, it has to be real. <laughs> it has to be a, a bumper sticker of our hearts. It has to be a calling card. It has to be in every place of our, of our journey that this world is, is not my world, that I am under the authority of the king. And our authority, our authority comes from our identity. And our identity comes from our beliefs. Who are we? Whose are we?
And I just, I just, I keep going back to the gospel. I know in Matthew 27, 51, it says, Behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth shook and the rocks were split. It was a prophetic picture on the, Jesus on the cross. And there was a moment when he said, it's finished. And the veil was torn, meaning that the kingdom of this world had no longer the authority it had before. And Jesus ushered in a new kingdom. Uh, I love it. Hebrews 10, 19, it goes even further and it says, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence, everybody say confidence, confidence, we have to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. Listen, this is, you have confidence to enter into the kingdom, the spirit realm of the Holy Spirit, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil. Same, same veil they're talking about. And then he says this, he says, that is his flesh. Jesus' flesh. Jesus was the veil. I love the picture. It's like we think, it's oh, the veil's been torn. No, Jesus was torn. His flesh was torn. He was crucified. You were torn. When you gave your life on the, on the cross with Jesus, as Jesus, you weren't the thief next to Jesus. You weren't, the, you weren't the person next to Jesus says, Jesus, would you save me too? No, Jesus says, I'm going to save you as me. You're going to be co-crucified up here with me. And it was in that place when his flesh was broken that the veil, he, he was the veil. And it says, it says, in the way which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God. Jesus is our identity in this new world. We have been called to strength and not to fear. You know, now's the time to rise up, to awaken. Awake Awake, O oh sleeper. And um, we can, we, I really believe this, that we can be saved and be asleep. And um, I, think, I think salvation is, uh, is beautiful, and I think there's salvation coming to so many. But, but there, is a, there is a walk, there is a, there is a strengthening that God is doing in his body right now and in you and so I believe I want to call us to this morning to walk in such a way that we do not walk in this world. We walk according to His world. And part of that means, one, we don't battle with flesh and blood. And I want to encourage you, watch your tongue, watch your mouth. The tongue is the, is the hardest thing to bridle. It is the hardest thing. Your mouth is like the final frontier of, 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 of you walking in, <laughs> in love. And so I want to encourage you, bridle that tongue, uh, let, it, let it come under control of your will, of your, of your soul that is serving the Lord. The Lord, he wants, he wants to have, he wants to influence your mouth, okay? So, so the first thing I want to encourage you is, is we walk in the kingdom realm. Walk in such a way that your mouth is bridled. Be careful social media. Listen, I, if, you, if you feel your call to tell truth and to call things out as though they are and to, and to, and to bring to light things that are not being bring to light to, I fully believe our media is completely tainted. And, and if, that, if that rubs you the wrong way, I encourage you to do your own research. <laughs> but even in the midst of corruption, we are still called to not fight 
against flesh and blood. So call your tongue and your mouth into submission that it would bring love, that it would, it would bring love and honor. That it would, I love what it says. Um, what's the scripture? I, I'm, I'm blanking. It says, um, whatever is pure, whatever, whatever is noble, whatever is honorable, think of these things and speak of these things. So make sure that what comes out of your mouth is honoring, it's noble, and it's not tearing down people because Jesus has never called us to strike, call down fire on cities and on people and on governors and on mayors and on presidents. We're called to pray for our leaders. So make sure your mouth is, is literally dripping with love and honor in the midst of um, everything else you're called to bring. The second thing, and, and maybe I'll just, I'll, this might be my last point, but I, I want to encourage us that, that walking, that having fear is not the problem. Walking in fear is not the problem. Um, fear itself is not the issue. Fear is something that we all walk through in some ways. We all encounter fear. Um, I, I remember seeing my daughter very vividly, uh, um, Reagan, I think maybe two years ago, she was probably around six or something like that, and she was on the high dive, the last day of the swim class, and this was like one of those five meters, right? And so it was pretty high, especially for her, and all before her, these kids were, were climbing up the ladder, afraid, looking down, and then they'd climb back down, and I was just praying on the side of the, side of the pool, like, Lord, please let her, let her do it. Come on, don't let her walk down. I don't, not that my, my opinion of her would have changed. My love for her would not have changed, but for her sake, I knew, I knew that Reagan was not going to die jumping off a five meter. She could have belly flopped face first, smack dab flat on that water, and she still would have survived. And I just, and, and, and I just know that I know that I know that she will be victorious if she jumps. I just know it. I'm her dad. I've, I've been there. I've done this before. And so everything in me was just praying that her spirit would be encouraged. I remember Deuteronomy, our kids learned a, a great scripture. It says, uh, and they, we used to act it out. We says, and every time I think of anything that requires courage, it's uh, this Deuteronomy 31.6. It's, it's do not be, it says, um, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid for the Lord, your God, is with you. Deuteronomy 31.6. And, and I remember Natalie Britton, our kids pastor at the time, taught them that. And we just, we've never forgot it. And so I always tell them, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid for the Lord your God is with you. And I, and I, and I, and I just keep thinking that for her. And every time I see it, and, and really she, so she walks up those steps. And she walks out on there. She looks over it. And I would not have put it against her if she turned back around. I just, I just know her history. But this time... This time, and I saw her talking to herself. Reagan talks to herself. She's awesome. She's just like, you got this, Reagan. You got this. You see the little girl. She's so cute. She's like, you got this, Reagan. You, you could do this. You could do this. She'll ride her bike sometimes, and I'll run with them down little trails at Fairview Park, and, and I can hear her behind me like, you got this. You could do this. You got this. And so you're strong. You're courageous. And I could see her talking to herself up there. And then she jumped off, and she did it, and I was I was, out, I was outside of my body in that moment. I was up on the deck running and jumping, and um, it, was, it was fantastic. And then like three kids after her um, jumped, and then the other five walked down again. <laughs> they didn't do it. And there is something to having fear. Fear is normal and natural. Fear keeps us from doing really stupid things. 
And, um, and so, I'm um, oh, sorry, we just heard a really loud bang. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Um, and so fear actually keeps us from very natural things. But letting fear dictate what we do is, act, is the opposite of what we're called. We're called to stand up to fear. And you know what? The next time she goes up there, the next time she did go up there, she did it a second time. You see, see fear only will only um, captivate us for a short time because once you start doing something, fear is gone. And what I want to encourage you right now in this time that whether finances have struck in you fearful or whether um, opportunities or the economy or this or the other or, or whatever, you, whatever comes in your mind, if you stand up against it, it will not control you. Listen, Acts, I was just even thinking, I, I picked out a few things I saw in Paul. Uh, I'll just, I'll read them out. I just got to find them. I got my notes kind of all over because I changed all sorts of stuff. Um, you know, Paul, Paul says this, um, 1 Corinthians 2, 3, it says, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Uh, I'm just going to turn there real quick because I think we have time for this. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 3. If you want to go there, you can. 1 Corinthians 2. I'm just going to read a few few lines. Oh, like I said, I'm getting wrecked in the word this morning. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 3. I'm just going to start that ver- uh, chapter of verse 1. Verse, chapter 2 verse 1. When I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom proclaiming to you the testimony of God. Wouldn't you think if anyone could come with superiority of speech and wisdom, it was Paul. Listen, there's anybody that has room to boast in who he is, it's Paul. That, that he, he not only fell from the hardest of places of persecuting Christians and got redeemed, but that he also saw all this stuff. And so he says, I come to these without, without superiority of speech or wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God with a mystery, actually, of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Listen, when you, when you see fear come in, when you see it knocking on your door, temptation is normal. Jesus was tempted. It says He was tempted like you and me in every way. If you can think of it, He was tempted that way. But He didn't give in to it. He walked through it by it. It was, it was a shadow of death. It was the shadow of what was possible. He did not consider the fears of this world to be entertained. And he says this, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Paul literally could feel the fear and the weaknesses coming around. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. See, Paul came with the power of the kingdom that he was more aware of. You will always manifest the kingdom that you're most aware of. And fear's only job is to get you more aware of the kingdom of this world than the kingdom of heaven's world. And so I want to encourage you, Do not walk in fear. When you sense fear coming, rejoice. (laughs) Rejoice that you're doing something right because fear only comes when there's a place of adversity. When there's there's never bad things on the other side of fear unless it's you shouldn't, you know, jump off a cliff. That's a bad thing on the other side of fear. Unless you're a Christian and then there's Jesus Christ ready to welcome you into the pearly gates. But don't think that way. Don't think that way. We're not called to jump off cliffs and test the Lord. All right. But, 
But listen, in my history with the Lord, anytime I'm afraid of something, like I'm afraid of taking a test, I'm afraid of doing, a, um, a, doing something because like, what will people think of me? And, and in, when I press into that and I move forward, that hard conversation that you don't want to have, that place of conflict that, that, that you just know will bring you close to that person, when you push through that field, there will always be good on the other side. His goodness is waiting for you because fear is from the devil. Fear is from the enemy. And so if the enemy's trying to put something in front of you, man, take heart. You're moving in the right direction. So if you're afraid of finances, come on. Come on, be ready for this. This is awesome. But Paul does not fight this fear with his own wisdom and with the things that he's learned along the way. He actually fights it with the Holy Spirit. He says, my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom. This is what the Pharisees would try to bring. They actually tried to trap Jesus with their wisdom. They tried to trap him. They'd say, well, Jesus, who sinned that this person is blind? His parents or him? It's like, which one is it? And Jesus was, and, and they did it again with like, hey, Jesus, what about paying taxes? You know, should we pay taxes or not pay taxes? And, and then they brought the woman, right? The woman in a, caught in adultery. And they says, the law says we stone her. What do you say, Jesus? And Jesus would never answer them according to the wisdom of the world. But he says, not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in a demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. You know, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, uh, Paul says, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon you. Listen, I believe, I believe there's, there's, there's men and great women of God throughout the Bible that wrestled with fear. David wrestled with fear. And then Psalm 63 says, my soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. If you're in this place of needing some clinging time and cling to him, cling to him, ask that his presence and his power would just transform you. If you're in a place of strength right now, rise up, move forward, grab a hold of, of the weapons of the kingdom, of this spirit, Begin to pray. Begin to fast. Pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. Um, uh, cry out. And, and, you know, also, too, if you feel like you're supposed to reach out to your, your congressman, you're supposed to make videos about the truth, post things. Like, this is a time for the church to rise up. But I, I want to encourage you, rise up with truth and not against the flesh and blood. Um, there was a, I, I, there was a, if you were at the beach at all or even saw it, there was an airplane that said, um, I won't repeat it, but it was basically, it was, uh, it was, it was tearing down um, our mayor, our, our, um, not our mayor, our governor, Newsom. And it was, it was a hurtful remark. It was, it, was, it was basically speaking against one of God's chosen people, one of, one of the people that God had made in his image. And you, know, as you might say, yeah, like he's shutting down our beaches. But the reality is, like, man, woe to those people that speak against the image bearers, that speak against anyone that God is, is called worthy of dying for. See, Christ has a value on every soul. 
And so I want to, I want to, tell, I want to really charge you that be very careful how you communicate um, your truths and your, your freedom that you are, you, you are walking in or fighting for and do it in such a way that brings glory to God and brings honor to, um, to honestly, the church. Right now, we need to be known for ones that do not sit down and take anything, take a lack of freedom, be persecution, suppression of, of the gospel of the church. Man, I'm itching to get back and meeting together because the Bible says do not, do not stop meeting together. And so I'm itching to get back to meet together. And we will. But I want to encourage you guys, there's so much we can do in this time of being pressed. And so I encourage you, seek oil, get oil. I know it sounds simple. I said it to Tiffany weeks ago. It's like, get oil. We were just having a great talk. And I keep hearing the Lord say, get your oil, gather oil, gather oil. Her response was, I've got my oil. Of course, our worship director has plenty of oil. And um, I just want to encourage you guys, spend time with the Lord. Paul's, uh, Paul's response in all of this is that... Um, I've got my oil. I've got Jesus Christ crucified. I've, I've got oneness with the Father. My message, is, his message has always been one of Jesus in me, the hope of glory. And so I just want to leave you with that today, that, that we have mul- we're living in a, in, a very pivotal, um, uh, in a very pivotal time. And I want to encourage you, uh, there's a real battle going on. And there's angels and there's, there's powers and principalities fighting and warring for us. And I promise you, I promise you, God is, is not up there, you know, trying to stand firm against the powers of death and powers of the enemy. I promise you, God is up there completely at ease, knowing that he's given us the keys to death. So let me pray for us right now. Um, Father, I just, uh, we bless your name, God. We pray for you, and, and uh, we, we pray for the, the church. We pray for the cities. God, we pray for our hearts, God, that we would be rooted and grounded in love, in the man love, Jesus, God. I pray for our, I pray more than anything for our time in your word, Lord, that it would be made real to our hearts, God, that we would be more, we would, we would be more changed by your word than we are changed by social media posts. Lord, convict my heart. Convict my heart when I, when I give in to fear. Convict my heart when I give in to, uh, to bullying God of the world. Convict my heart when I, get, when I change my words based on what, I, what the fear that comes in, God. The narrative of the enemy will always be to suppress your gospel. Lord, convict my heart, God. Convict our heart, God. When we have an idea to share love, to pray for someone, and we don't do it, God. Would you convict our hearts, God? Would you start with the church, Lord? Would you start with the church? And I just, I pray right now. I, I had a moment yesterday when um, I was, we were standing outside. I was standing with, with my son, August, waiting for the Amazon driver. We could see where he was on the app, and we were waiting for him to come because August had a Lego pack coming in the mail. And, and he got it because he, uh, he finished his big math book, and he's five years old, if you didn't know. And, and I said, August, your package comes in five more stops. And so we went outside, and we're waiting, and we're jumping. He's one stop away. He's in our neighborhood. This is such a cool thing. We can watch the Lego pack come to us. It was a Star Wars Lego pack. And, and, and it was the one with Kylo Ren and, Ren, and, um, and is it Ren? 
Ray. That's it, Ray. And they, there was this battle, and it was a really cheap little one, but he loved it the same. And, and, but they we're waiting for the, for, the, for the Amazon truck to come, and it actually came in a little, uh, like, um, uh, like a Hyundai or something, so it was a little bit of a letdown. But uh, <laughs> this car stops in front, and this, this guy gets out. He actually had an amputated arm, and he, and he hands the package to August, who couldn't be more excited. And we laughed with the guys that were waiting for them and all this stuff. And I felt the Lord say, pray for their family. Pray for their kids and their family. Because his wife was in, the, I think it was his wife, I don't really know, was in the seat next to him. They were probably in their 50s. And, um, and at first I said, all right, you guys, bless you. And I just, I wanted to give them a, a, just a, a moment of God in there, right? I said, bless you. And I felt the Lord say, I didn't tell you to bless them. I tell you to pray for their family. And I was like, and I start turning, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, Lord, you didn't. You told me, like, oh, what am I going to do? Am I going to? And I had this wrestling, and we've all had this wrestling. And I remember I was turning. August had already run into the house with his package, and I thought, oh, I have to do this. I have to do what God's called me to do. And I don't even know why I, I even balked at it. I think it was just like, what would they say? I could already see that he didn't like the fact that I said, bless you. He had this weird face on his look on his face, and and it's just everything in me was like, this isn't going to go well. And, um, and that's right there is probably faith in the wrong direction. So I'm just going to repent from that right now. But I, 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 I turned back and I said, hey, you know, can I just say, I felt the Lord as I'm standing here, said that he wanted me to pray for your family. And so I just pray right now for your family. They actually mentioned they had grandkids. So I said, God, I just pray for their family right now, their kids. And I just, I forget what I said about their, their, their kids and their grandkids. Um, but I just, I said, you know, I don't know what's going on or if there's anything going on, but I just pray a blessing over your family. And they just kind of looked at me and they just stared and they kind of smiled and said, okay, thank you. And, um, you know, but we're in a time right now when we get to choose what we do. We get to choose. And I, I think God speaks to us way more than we actually will tell people. And um, we just don't like to listen sometimes. And so I want to encourage you in this time, rise up rise up when you have these little moments to pray for people and to proclaim that he is good and that he has a plan for people's lives i want to encourage you. so father i bless our family our community so much and i release the spirit of boldness and courage that daniel was on his face and the and, and the angel prayed over that i want to pray over you guys be strong and courageous do not be afraid for the lord your god he is with you right now and he wants, to, he wants to fulfill the command that he's put in you to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to proclaim the day of the Lord. Amen, amen. Oh, I love you guys. It's, it's fun pseudo being with you. I love this camera lens. Lord, I just believe that uh, this is temporary. <laughs> oh, uh, the life of an extrovert with this camera. Um, Lord, we love you. I just, I just, I'm just thankful. I'm so thankful and grateful for this season. I am grateful for this season of, of getting oil and, um, and being challenged of where our faith is right now. So bless you guys. Keep pressing in. Yes, there's a, we could, let's take an offering. Good Lord. Thank you. I just get wrapped up. I, the offering just feels such a secondary thing to me. <laughs> But it's important because I, 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 just give, I just give once a month. But if you haven't given, I encourage you to, be, to sow into what the kingdom is doing. God is he's on the move. Um, and by the way, you guys are incredible. 
You guys gave so much last week and, and uh, for the uh, benevolence offering. I'm excited. We've already started to sow into people's lives with it. It's powerful. And I encourage you to, if you need help right now, it's a different week. It's a new week. If you need help, on the description of the page is a way to, to get a hold of us. You can, you can email help at presenceoc.org. Please let us know what you need. I, we long to support our family. Um, but yeah, feel definitely give. She's put the slide up there because she's amazing. Um, yeah, I believe this week is the National Day of Prayer. Is it the 7th? The, um, the 7th. Um, I actually, I'm going to be leading worship um, online for that. I was asked for a citywide, um, regional-wide with an organization named Trellis. Um, it was supposed to be at the, uh, the Capitol or the, the City Hall and then at a church in the evening. So I don't know exactly how it's going to be now, but it'll be live. We'll post something about it. But National Day of Prayer, we're going for it. God's, he's on the move. And uh, I just encourage you guys, grab hold of people. I think we still have um, small group signups. I don't know for sure. Um, but there is, a, on our website, you can sign up for a small group. Let's pack these things out um, and, um, and really commit to four weeks of growing and going after. Monday and Wednesday, we have Bible study. It's, um, it's not the same Bible studies every time. So we're going through Ephesians, and it builds. Monday builds on last Wednesday, and Wednesday builds on Monday. And so 8 o'clock to 8.45, they've been powerful. We've had over 20, 25 people every time. It's awesome. So um, I think that's it. Um, yeah, bless you guys. Man, just be with God. Find, uh, I, I, I just bless you guys to be blessed and prosper this week. And rise up. There's a, there's a presence of God. There's an anointing on this week. And so go, go see God move in new ways this week. All right. We're going to leave the streaming up for a little bit. If you have any comments or if you need prayer, go and put it out there in the comments. People will be, will be ready to pray for you, I know. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, next time we see you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.